Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Peter, how are you today? I'm great, Eric. How about yourself? I am doing fantastic. It is good. We're, we're warming up, baby. I mean, we've talked about the cold for a long time. We're starting to warm up. I know you're seeing signs of spring in your area, and uh, I'm excited. What about you? I am, too. Uh, we, just down the uh, Cape Cod and walking oh, on the beaches nice. over, the, over the weekend, and it was a beautiful blue sky day, and, uh, or a couple days, and just, just great to have spring at least... Um, threaten us yeah right uh, yeah <laughs> i uh I, i'm just gonna start off this podcast saying i'm completely jealous uh you know how many beaches i have here in nebraska it's fantastic <laughs> none <laughs> so yeah no I'm, I'm gonna live vicariously through your beach walks for a while um you've got a guest on the show today right i'm, I'm really excited uh, can i introduce I do. you please do thank you jeff mcclendon has joined us and he is the owner of jm construction a design build remodeling company located in Framingham, Massachusetts, serving the western suburbs of Metro Boston. So I'm super excited that he's on the show. Peter, thank you so much for bringing him on. But sure. why did you have Jeff on the show today? Yeah, it's over the last 12 months, uh, you know, I think it's fair to say that most of our, our listeners, and, and I know for myself and, and probably you as well, have spent more time in your home than you ever thought was possible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and for most of us, our home is our most valuable asset in in so many ways. Yeah, there's the the financial value that's, but there's so much more. It's you know all about those those other feelings like safety and comfort and family mm -hmm. and and certainly all the memories, the the relaxation and the pride of of of, of the hard work and the sweat equity that we put into it. Uh, you know, we think about the the home we live in now, but I think about home and I think about my my home where I grew up. And, and I even think about my grandparents' home. So, mm -hmm. so it's so important to all of us. And our, so not only are the memories uh, striking, but, but it's, it's probably our most expensive asset. Mm -hmm. If you consider the, co uh, the annual costs like taxes, insurance, maintenance, utilities, owning a, a home, it's always something that needs repairing or, or updating. You know, it's just, it's always something. <laughs> well, and we've had a lot of time to look around or my wife has had a lot of time to look around and tell me what needs to be done. So yeah, we've got a list. Yeah. And so, so a big part of, of financial planning is understanding these expenses and, and then, and then accounting for them on an annual basis. Mm -hmm. So we want, we want to put them into the budget. So in any event, what, what, what I think is that, that many of our clients and listeners at some point want to upgrade or improve their home in some way or another. Uh, I know I have in, in, in the past. Mm -hmm. and, and so with that in mind, I thought it'd be really interesting to speak to, to Jeff, Jeff McClendon, about what it's like to own and manage a small high-end design build remodeling firm. I, and I thought we would talk about it from two perspectives. Number one, you know, what are the unique challenges of owning and managing a small con contracting business? Mm. And then two, what are the things the homeowner needs to know so their expectations are met? 
So they're satisfied with the end product and they feel good about the, the remodel experience. So Jeff, thank you for, for, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Uh, so what are those unique challenges owning and managing a, a contracting business? Well, thanks, Peter. I, I'm kind of uh, nervous and I really appreciate the invite and this is going to be an interesting adventure for me. But um, as you know, being a business owner, Peter, there's lots of challenges. You know, um, one of the things that I probably struggle with the most over the years, and we've been in business for 35 years, and it's really about creating a leadership team and having, you know, setting up and establishing the seats, if you will, and then getting the right people in those seats. You know, I've been blessed, really, truly blessed with the, the team that I have. And um, it's taken a long time to get to where we are, but, you know, we're finally getting to a place that, you know, we've set up a uh, operating system that, that really works for our company. For years, we've tried many different approaches uh, business-wise, you know, the next shiny thing, you know, and um, it's always, we find a, a, a particular operating system or a, a standard operating procedure that we start to follow and then we'll, it'll, it'll fall off. And, and just this past year now, we've really come to a place where I feel really good. You know, we've, we've like all the, the cliches of in business ownership, you know, creating core values and having a mission statement and all those things we've we've worked on that stuff for years and and much more so than your, your usual company i think you know our usual remodeling company but because we really take a lot of pride in what we do and we try to you know uh, create an environment for for our people but also for our clients that is you know professional and, and fun to work with so creating those core values have, have helped us to re redefine how we approach things um, and those core values kind of dictate everything that we do. But ultimately, one of the biggest challenges has always been uh, in our business is getting the right people. And especially in construction, because none of the younger generation are getting into residential construction. So um, it's really hard to recruit all of the, the folks that we do interview and hire are in the older generation. Um, so it's hard to find young people getting into the trades. I, I, it's such a wonderful uh, career, such a wonderful way to, 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 to uh, you know, just doing such important work. And uh, it's too bad that, that, that this generation, the, the younger generation isn't embracing it as, as an opportunity for, for them. Right. No, it's, it's absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a wonderful reward in, in doing what we do and, you know, taking, uh, really solving people's problems. But as far as the craft itself, when you can take a pile of material and create something of beauty and function, it's super rewarding. You know, that's one of the things that got me into it when I was younger. But um, but yeah, absolutely. All the younger people, what they're doing, what I'm seeing, they're coming out of colleges with um, construction management degrees, but they're going towards the commercial field. And, and a lot of the commercial companies, the larger firms are recruiting like sports teams mm -hmm. to the point where they'll, they'll, if you, you know, if a young person that may be a, a junior or sophomore in college agrees to come to work for them when they graduate, they'll pay their senior year of tuition. You wow. know, it's like, yeah, it's crazy how, how uh, strong their recruiting is to try to get their, the people into their uh, companies. Yeah. 
Well, I'm so I'm so intrigued by what you said um, about the challenges of, of running a business. We have our businesses are very different, but we all struggle with the same thing, which mm-hmm. is is uh, is the the team, the people that are actually doing the, the 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 so much of the work, and then also establishing systems in place that are vital so that you can repeat that good work time and time again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just find it so interesting. I think all businesses uh, have this similar uh, challenge. So one of the biggest challenges uh, along that, those lines is really um, we spend a fair amount of time, obviously, you know, pleasing our clients and making sure they're happy. But a, a good portion of our time is spent on those systems and, and streamlining them and, and trying to get them to be in a place that really help us function efficiently and consistently the same way each time that we're approached on a project. So, um, yeah, so it's, 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 it's just interesting. Uh, sorry about that. Very interesting uh, approach though. Yeah, I think so. I, it, it, we had a, um, a business coach, uh, Kevin Poland speak with us uh, uh, on a recent podcast and, and Kevin talked about working, working in your business or working on your business. Mm-hmm. And both are important, uh, but working working on your business is is vital to keep to keep you at at that high level. Absolutely, absolutely, and we we do spend a, a significant amount of time on that. Really, um, again, just establishing systems. You know, we we're involved in a couple of different organizations too. Um, one that we are heavily involved in is called Remodelers Advantage, and it's basically a board of directors. There's about 300 companies that are involved, remodeling firms of varying sizes from a million to 10, 15 million in sales. And uh, it's, a, it's a great resource. We meet twice a year. You know, it's, it's literally, I have 12 other companies that are of varying sizes in my group. And we are twice a year, submit all of our uh, financials, all of our marketing plans, everything. And then we basically meet for three days and go through each other's company information and give feedback and help us help each other see their blind spots and share different insights and, and approaches of how to operate uh, and manage, you know, a, a well-run company. So it's yeah. been, that's been a great resource for us. That's really interesting. Uh, thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, so the number the number two perspective I thought we talk about is is uh, a shift really to the working with the with your clients. So what what are the things the homeowner needs to know so their expectations are met? So someone decides to hire you as it, it, like they would work with any business, but they, 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 you want them to be satisfied with, with the end product. So, so they feel good about that remodel experience. So what, what, what about those expectations? So I, I believe as a company, we try to help clients realize and understand the importance and the value of clear, honest communication. It, you know, we hear the stories, unfortunately, from a lot of people that they have bad experiences with contractors and, and actually folks that have been through models before they met us are really good candidates for us to work with because they have a good baseline to compare us to. Uh, but by setting realistic expectations up front, um, we can really avoid the confusion and conflict as they progress through the process. And it is a process, you know, early in the planning, we lay out the challenges and stresses. I'm pretty frank with our clients, you know, as far as, 
you know, people get really excited, you know, when they're, they're going to remodel the kitchen or a bathroom and they're really uh, excited to start going through the planning process. And they kind of turn a blind eye to the stress and challenges that come with a, a remodel. And so not that we try to scare anybody away, but but we want to really help them understand the whole process. And, you know, it's fun and exciting coming up with a nice plan and and then doing all the shopping and product selection. It's That's like a a really great experience, but then you, and you get started with the project and, and they're really, really excited. But then halfway through, you know, you're three weeks into a project, they realize it's not as fun as they thought it would be. Um, so I try to kind of explain and, and educate our clients ahead of time. Um, and, and by doing that and, and really walking through the, the potential challenges, it just helps minimize um, the stress level and it makes them a little bit more comfortable in, in the whole process. Yeah, it's, it's just, to me, it's so important because you're, you're dealing with the, their, you know, they're probably their second most valuable asset. Their first asset, most valuable asset are, are is their family. Right, right, <laughs> you know? exactly. But their home is right there, right right next to it, at least, at least I hope so. Mm -hmm. um, so it's so important. You know, I, I, I think it's, uh, Time for me to offer one important disclosure here. Uh, a few a few years ago, uh, Jeff and your firm remodeled all three of our bathrooms uh, from start to finish. It took about three months, and just we were very happy with the results. And I was so impressed with with the process and with and just the whole approach that you had working with us. And, and uh, I thought that's one reason why I wanted to bring you on on our podcast to to talk about that. Well, I really appreciate that. And that, that was a great project. I think you guys did a beautiful job pulling all the ideas together and as working as a team, it, it really was uh, so a wonderful project, the whole, every, everything about it. Um, and it did turn out really nice. So I, I, think I was it did really too. pleased. Yeah. So, so Jeff, you, you were primarily in the, in the Western, Western suburbs of, of metropolitan Boston. And, mm -hmm. and I, I imagine uh, your clients have high standards, which means you have to have high standards. And uh, I, I know every project is unique and offers its its own set of challenges. Uh, so I imagine that one of your primary goals is that that your customers' expectations are exceeded or at least met. So so what are those top three to five things a homeowner should do as they start this process of remodeling? Another great question. Um, you know, just to kind of, before I get into that, what you just said, Peter, is really ultimately our reward. You know, we obviously as a business, we want to uh, make a profit because if we don't, we won't stay in business. But we have clients like yourself and, and others that are just so excited when we're, we've gotten through the whole process with them. We, we do a survey with all of our clients and, and we ask, also ask them to do for a, a review on on one of the social media platforms. But but when we get, and we do get them quite often, when we get a really great review from a client or they they rave about our people and our team, that is the biggest reward. And, and like we share that, of course, with all of our people. And it's just, ultimately that is our goal. When we When we hit the mark and our clients are super happy and just, and they, and it's interesting too, because there's many people I'll meet with and I'll ask them, you know, if you've been through a remodel before and if they have, I'll ask, you know, how did that go? How was that experience? And, and they'll say, you know, it was really good. It went really well. We, we were really happy, but, and there's always 
unfortunately, in, in our industry, there's a lot of um, different levels of, of service. And, and when you, you, we try to avoid the butt. <laughs> you know, we don't want people to be telling their friends and family about how great an experience it was, but. Um, so when people rave about us, it's, that's ultimately our goal. So, but there's a number of things clients can do to prepare for a remodel. Um, probably the most important is to really, you know, obviously we'd love to work with everybody we can't, but, but to research, to do the homework and, and to connect with a design remodeling firm, a design build remodeling firm that they feel comfortable with. And what I mean by that is it, it's critical that you feel in your gut, you know, there's one thing to do research and, and check references and so forth, but but you really do need to feel good about the person you're talking with in, in the early stages. And, and a lot of our clients, what we'll do, especially on the little bit larger projects, they, they like to meet our project managers before they um, get too far into the process. Um, as a design build firm, the client gets to meet myself, you know, I do all the general management and sales and but then they will meet our designer, Courtney. Um, so they get another you know, visual and, and uh, get to meet another portion of our team. And so there's a comfort level there. But the, but the idea, I guess what I'm getting at is, is you really need to feel confident and comfortable with, with the people you're dealing with. Because ultimately, if you go forward with the project, they're gonna be, their team will be showing up at your doorstep every morning, <laughs> depending on the type of project for months on end. And so you really want to feel comfortable with these folks that are going to be in your house day in and day out for depending how long the project goes, you know? So, um, so I think that's real important. You know, it is important also to do your research, to make sure that people are licensed you know, that you bring into the project um, and that they're insured properly. And that's really easy to do. You can check with the state safe public safety department, the doing your due diligence, making sure that they're licensed insured um, but really, it's helpful if you ask for references. Of course, any company, any contractor is going to only give you their, their best people for references, their best clients. But what I suggest is talk to someone that, um, that they're actively working at currently, a project maybe that they finished a year ago, and then go back, you know, ask them for a client that they did maybe three to four years prior. And the reason I say that is it gives you a better sampling of the the company's approach, so you know you can ask some some specific questions, but even just you know, most folks will, if they're excited and they enjoyed the experience, they're going to share that with you. But they may find you know you if you ask you know how did how did they manage the cleanliness of the job site and the dust control? How did they manage the the production? How was the team? Were the were the guys timely? You know, simple questions, but. But if you span that time frame, it gives you a better idea. So if the project that was done two or three years back, you know, what kind of follow-up was there? Did were there any issues? Did, did how did they address the issues? Um, so it, it's really, I think that's a, a pretty important step in the whole process. But but another one that people it's interesting too, and you might see this in your industry too, Peter. The um, it's critical to come up to establish a budget range to, to, because what, what I've seen happen too often and, and part of what, a big part of what motivated us to get into design build is people would come to us that spent thousands of dollars on plans. They've, they've done the old, you know, find, you know, interview three or four architects, you know, do, do get a drawing done, 
get three or four bids, you know, from a, find three contractors that'll bid on the project. And that in itself is a, is a challenge just to, to compare all that, to be sure that you're comparing all the same type of quality and, and approach, but they'll come to us with these plans and ask for a bid. And, and then we'll, we, when we used to do this, we would, we would price the job and it would be twice what their budget was. And so they've spent thousands of dollars on plans and they got to either throw them in the barrel or go back to the drawing board and start over. And so it's really disheartening for the, for the client, but it's also for contractors working that old system, it, you spend all that time putting pricing together for nothing because it's twice what the client wanted to invest. So it's really helpful to have an open conversation with a design build firm or if you're going to go the old track and, and connect with an architect to come up with a, a good understanding of what you think your budget, what you are willing and able to invest. Um, because it, at that point, if you connect with the right people, they'll, they'll work with you and design within your budget. It just, uh, it's a much better approach. You know, when you have a wish list and, and there's 10 things on the list and it's, you know, a contractor comes back to you and says that it's going to be, you know, 500,000 to do all of what you want to do, you know, you're going to rethink your investment unless, unless you really are willing to invest that kind of money. So the point I'm making though, is it's important to have a budget in mind. And, and I know we all are taught at a very young age, don't talk about money and, and this, this inherent fear of sharing that information. Um, but if you don't, I can guarantee you it's going to be more challenging and more, you'll be probably disappointed a little bit into the process because you, you know, you might spend some money, a little bit of money on the design and realize that the actual investment to complete the project is going to be greater than what you wanted to invest. So, so the more frank you can be and more honest you can be with, with the contractor. I know it goes against the grain um, as far as how people want to hold their cards close to the vest and, and not share that information, but it, it's really very helpful uh, if you're working with a design build company um, to get that information out there. And then the, the final thing I'll say on that front is any inspiration um, photos or ideas that you can gather before you meet with a, a, um, a design build company is super helpful. So, so there's lots of resources, obviously online, you can Google just about anything, but house is a really great source. And then Pinterest and, and house is neat because you can literally like, if you want to, a, a black bathroom and you type in black bathroom, it's going to give you a thousand different bathrooms having black, a black theme, you know? So, um, it, and just getting, what happens is it's like a process of elimination. You'll see some things you might like, but then you'll see things you really don't like. And it's equally as important. So it helps to get a sense of the direction you want to go uh, with the design and, and it'll make the, the design process go smoother. It, and that's a uh, house is H O U Z Z, correct? Correct. Yeah. 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 Great, great ideas. Yeah. I, I will say, um, I think your, your idea to, to, to get, have references who were, did the work, you know, two or three years uh, ago is so important just to give you a, 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 an example. Uh, we had you come back almost, almost two years after uh, you did the work mm -hmm. to, to just, uh, fix some things that needed done. There was nothing big, but mm -hmm. you guys came back right away. It wasn't even a question. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we really, I, I really appreciated it. So I think that is, it really is a, a, a great suggestion. 
it's always been real important to me as far as when, when that happens, you know, if we get a call a year, two, three years later, we try not to drag our feet. You know, we want to, and it's interesting too, because people are usually surprised that we, that we come back so quickly and that we don't just brush it off. You know, um, again, it's all about the client experience. We want folks to really, we want to make a difference, you know, and, and that those are the things that work. So. So, so Jeff, what was your journey uh, to, to running your own business? You know, wh- when did you know this is what you wanted to do? And, and how did you get from, from there to here? Well, it's an interesting story. I'll try to be brief. The, um, from a real young age, I, I, I kind of fell in love with construction. So we moved from a neighborhood uh, when I was really little, seven years old, I think, thereabouts. And um, it was a new development. So I think we were maybe the second house on the street that was built and, and they were building all these houses around us. It was a court that we lived on. And so I would literally hang around, like when I go out and play, I would hang around the construction sites. And, and um, you know, back then uh, you could get away with anything when you were little, as long as you're home before the light, street lights came on. But, um, you know, sweep up for the guys, I'd, I'd pile up debris, I'd, I'd collect, you know, nails off the floor. And, and then I would take all that stuff at the end of the day and I'd go in the back of my family's house and build cabins and forts. And, but that was really when it all began. And then um, I just had a, a real interest in, in how things worked and how things were assembled. And to be honest with you, I think part of the motivation was I, I learned pretty early on that my stepfather had no mechanical skills at all, literally none. Like my mom had a toolbox in her room. It was kind of a, a family joke that my, my stepdad he, he couldn't change a light bulb without calling an electrician, you know, like it was, <laughs> it was that bad, you know, but so that I was kind of motivated. Like it was like, I can do this, you know? So no matter what it was, I kind of, I would, I would tackle it. I remember I was like 14 years old and my, my parents, the decking was rotting on the back porch and, and I tackled that. I remodeled the thing and I learned a lot, you know, and it was, it came out okay, you know, for a 14 year old, but, um, and then, uh, Real quick, there was a, a gentleman um, that moved, a uh, family that moved into the neighborhood, but not in our neighborhood, but just outside the neighborhood. And he was a contractor. And um, and I I went, ended up going to work for him eventually. Uh, and it was one of the best things I had ever done. So that was really, it was it was a huge transformation at that point in my life, so. Yeah, I, that's a, those are great stories. I, I love to hear how people began their, their interest in, uh, in whatever they do. It's mm-hmm. fascinating. So that's great. J- Jeff, I, I always believe, you know, everyone has uh, strengths and weaknesses, you know, and I also believe that, that successful people um, get help along the way and, and really successful people embrace that help or, or, or that mentorship. So I think, I think embracing, mentorship and, and, and help and coaching is just a great strength. And, and so did you have any special mentors that, that helped you along the way? I, I did actually, and I still do. But um, early on, that, as I mentioned a minute ago, the, the family that moved in, the, the owner, the father was Leo Dalpy, and, and they opened a driving range. And, uh, but he, by trade, was a contractor. And, and he was... Um, a sought after contract and he's old school, you know, 
in bed at 7 30 up at four in the morning just hard worker and and i he did take me under his wing and if i if i did a project or did a task for him and, and made a mistake or did it wrong he was the type of guy that you tore it apart and redid it nothing was you know he would never allow anything just to go and i learned a lot during that process i worked for him for probably four or five years and um just the work ethic and the quality of his work. And, and I always idolized the fact that people would wait for him literally years for them to, for him to do their project and whether it's building a home or doing an addition. And I always was amazed by that, that he was that good that they would wait that long for him. And so he, and he helped me in a lot of different ways as far as I remember he used to tell me when you run up against a problem and you're, you're trying to solve the problem, he, he said, you need to step back and just, and take a look from, you know, the, the thousand foot view. And when you're too close to a problem, you can't solve it. And, and I, that was just one of the things and it always stuck with me, but, um, but yeah, he was wonderful. And I, I still have mentors in my life today. And, and one of, one of the gifts I've had for the past 25 years is one of my coworkers. She's my VP of operations, Wendy Ballou. She's, she's been with me for 25 years and she's my been my compass and, and mentor in a lot of different ways. And we're a good team. Um, you know, she, it's just been a, a wonderful experience with having her involved, but um, yeah, mentorship is huge. And, and that RA that I mentioned, many of the folks in that group are mentors um, as well. So uh, it's been a, it's been a great experience and helped in so many ways to help me grow as a person and as, as a company. And I, I bet you you're acting as a, a mentor to, 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 to many as well. So it's, it goes both ways. That's true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. We had, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we had a business coach on Kevin Poland uh, joined us on a podcast and he talked about uh, doing a, a SWOT analysis. And he, he, he believed uh, a business owner should always consider what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are. So, uh, and then what are the opportunities and, and, and what are the things they can, what are the threats? So I want to ask you just a, a four quick questions. You know, what are the strengths of your business that you can maximize? Great questions. I've, I've seen the SWOT analysis. I actually have not really practiced it or, or went through the process, but it's one of the things that come up in our RA meetings. But um, I think probably the, one of the strengths that um, I have, and, and I, this was not a strength, this was definitely on the weakness end years ago, is being able to delegate and, and elevate people around me. Um, and, and initially, I'll give a real quick story. I had my first hire when we were a very young company. He was a great kid, had some good, good basic skills. I wouldn't let him do anything. Like I wouldn't let him cut anything. I wouldn't, and I learned really quickly, as soon as I allowed him to, to do to to try and to make mistakes, he he just accelerated and and became a great craftsman, you know. And and so I learned pretty quick uh, after those first few years being in business that if I don't delegate, I can't grow. And so that's become a strength for me. And again, I think it's all about the people, really. Yep, so true. So, what are the weaknesses of your business that you can acknowledge and 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 hopefully overcome? Well, this one's always a harder harder question because um, we don't want to admit weaknesses, but um, <laughs> we're, we're always trying to improve. You know, I, I think to be honest with you, the I was sharing it earlier, I think the operating systems and processes that we 
need to operate properly, efficiently, and, and to minimize errors. Um, we still have a lot of work to do on, in those areas. That That is something that is on the top of our, what we call our rocks list. They're, they're these major things we need to correct, you know? And I mean, we, we have some in place, but they're just not working. They're not as, um, user-friendly as they need to be. And that's really, so that's a, an area we, we need a lot of work on. I think every business needs to keep on improving it, 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 those systems and mm -hmm. processes. And it's a, it's a, you're always, you, you, a business, good business owner is looking for weaknesses that they right. can improve. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so uh, the third question, what are, what are the opportunities out there that, that you think you can leverage? So what's happened this past, we've been working with the same marketing firm for a number of years and we've gotten to a point now, they've gotten so much traction and we've gotten such good um, return on our investment, if you will, as far as when it comes to the, you know, bringing good quality, qualified leads into, in the door. And, and that has become, we're literally getting about eight uh, requests a week, which Obviously we can't handle them all, but it, so we're really trying to be as responsive as we can and to leverage all of those opportunities. And, and I'm starting to get to the point where I, what I might be doing, so we, we're partnered with a smaller firm that, that we work with. And I think I might start referring some of those projects to, to this smaller firm. Cause we, our, our goal is really, our sweet spot is more in the, the kitchens and baths and, and those types of projects. But um, so, op, you know, kind of, leveraging all of those incoming calls now really taking advantage and, um, and, and working with those people to get, uh, help them with their, solve their problems with mm -hmm. the, that they have. So. And, and lastly, the, the final question of the, uh, the SWOT analysis, what threats to the business that you, that, that are out there that you, you want to minimize or eliminate? Well, this is kind of a, an, I think when I think about it, it's like an internal threat, you know, like one, one of the things we've been working on um, this past year, you know, the end of last year and the beginning of this year is, is establishing our, our lanes. So as a company, you know, we, we have a great leadership team um, and, and we've, we just actually reestablished and we've always had an organizational chart, but we we've created an accountability chart based on, uh, the positions in the company and and establishing more clearly the roles for each position and, and in doing so it's helping us stay in our lane meaning we're not duplicating tasks we're not it, it we're being more productive and a little bit more just more efficient um and and if we can continue on that path it, that is really it, it makes when we're not doing it it makes us so less less efficient and and just again, duplicating tasks and not being very productive. So, so I'm hoping that um, by doing that, we're going to be able to minimize that threat. That's great. Jeff, I really appreciate that, uh, your honesty on those questions. It's, it, these are, these are, are good and important questions and they, they take some, uh, some, some deep thought, I mm. think, to, uh, to, to, you know, to answer them because they're mm -hmm. important. Yeah, so, definitely. So, so just um, one of my, almost my, my final question is, is just, how do you engage new clients? Good question. So the years ago, it was always folks would call and, and we would get on the phone with them. Now, most of our clients do come through, through the internet, you know, through our website. And 
but even now after 35 years, our best clients are, are referrals from prior clients and, and repeat clients. But um, so word of mouth has always been the, the largest portion of our leads it, until recently though, because now because of the marketing that we've been doing with the Jillian group, um, it, it's really, like I mentioned, we've got a lot of traction and we get lots of requests. So clients will come to our website um, after they search a particular type of project and um, they'll enter, um, they fill out a request for a project consult. And, and what we're, we're just starting to establish now is they'll be able to actually schedule their own appointment um, with me at a convenient time for them. And, and with, so it'll all be automated, which will make it a lot easier because I don't know about you, Peter, but the, the better, the more communication, the more ways we have of communicating, it seems the harder it is to connect with people. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's baffling. But um, so what to avoid the, the long games of uh, phone tag or, or email tag, um, we're going to be starting that in another week or so where you'll be able to go onto our website, fill out the uh, the request form for, for a consult and pick a date and time that works for you, that's convenient for the client. So I think that'll be a, a wonderful way to, to it'll just gonna make things more efficient. We'll be able to connect quicker with our clients. So Yeah, we, we use that technology and it, it really works. Uh, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. it really Absolutely, is. yeah. Well, Jeff, th this has been so fantastic having you on. It's, it's, it's great to, to reconnect with you. And, and, and I think our listeners got a lot out of it. Uh, first, they learned what, what it's like to own and, and manage a, a small business. And, and hopefully they, they appreciate some of those challenges because not everyone has had that experience. So and then secondly, I think it's so helpful for our listeners to, to hear how they, they might enhance the, the, their re own remodel experience. You know, have the, have the right expectations because uh, that's going to make them more satisfied in the long mm -hmm. run. Mm -hmm. uh, understand what they're getting into and and uh, and work through that process because it is it is a process. I think you you you've you've hit the hit the nail on the head with that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so so uh, Jeff, what's the best way for a listener to reach out to you if they if they have a question if they want to reach you directly? Well, if they want to reach me directly, it's probably best to call me at five zero eight. Eight six one seven zero one nine, but if they go to the website jmconstructionco.com and you got to remember that co at the end of it, so it's jmconstructionco.com and they can submit a uh, project con consult request and we can we can get connected that way. So that's great, and they can certainly uh, use you can use me as a reference. Thank you, I really appreciate that, Peter. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Well, thanks. I also want to thank you for having me on. It's been it's been a great experience, and uh, it, it, like you said, it was great catching up. Um, so, thank you again. Oh, you're welcome. I really appreciate you doing it. So, thank you, guys. This has been a great podcast. Um, obviously, Peter, there's good reason you brought Jeff on the show. You guys had a ton to discuss, and and I love how it all ties into really client service, which you're all about. Obviously, Jeff is all about. Uh, so I, I loved listening and hearing all the different things about Jeff's business. And I know the audience did too. So thank you so much for bringing him on the show. Of course, Jeff, thank you for being on the show. And our last thank you, of course, goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. 
Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.